Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, or whenever you may be listening. Welcome to episode 7 of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. I'm your host, Luke Helgerson. Episode 7, getting underway. You know how it works. Five biggest topics of the day, and today I will have an unpopular opinion for all of you. I got a good one. I think you guys will enjoy this one. I think it'll cause a lot of debate. But uh, yeah, let's get right to it. The first thing I want to get to yesterday, I talked about the five biggest free agent moves and trades that were made throughout the NFL offseason. Well, today I want to touch base with who are the biggest remaining free agents currently as we are just 10 days away from the NFL draft. So right now I want to talk about the remaining free agents and who's probably going to get picked up uh, during the draft, after the draft, once the pieces all fall into place. So let's get right to it. First, biggest free agent on the market right now has got to be Mr. Cam Newton. He's got to be the biggest one for sure. You know, he went to the Super Bowl 2015, won an MVP. He's a three-time Pro Bowler, first one-time All-Pro, you know, one Rookie of the Year, AP Offensive Player of the Year in 2015 when he won that MVP. Yeah, Cam Newton's definitely the cream of the crop of the free agents right now, for sure, after Carolina released him when they signed Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you know, I don't know how Cam hasn't been signed yet. Obviously, the main reason why is because the NFL draft teams are going to see who they're going to pick, who's going to pick a quarterback, if they're going to go defense. Uh, yeah, but Cam, he's, he's going to get picked up. It's only a matter of time. I really wish the Chicago Bears would pick him up because I think he would work great with them. They already have a strong defense, and you know Cam would bring a lot of flair and enjoyment, and he'd be a huge upgrade over Mitchell Trubisky. But um, you know, you look at Cam... Uh, you know, that 59.6% completion over his career isn't great. You know, he was hurt all of last year. He's been plagued with injuries because, you know, he plays a very dangerous style of football. You know, he he's willing to throw his body out there and take hits. And, you know, injuries are going to come when you play that way as a quarterback. And he he's really was the face of the, uh, really the start of the athletic quarterback's uh, being able to run and throw, really, you know, Lamar Jackson took off last year of being able to do it, but you know, Cam was really one of the first guys to really come in and really dominate doing that, and he's shown it, you know. But it'll be interesting to see. He has spent his whole career in Carolina. Now he's going to play for a new team. You can see he's putting in the work, uh, really getting after it on his Instagram. If you follow him, I'd recommend it because he. You know, his workouts are intense. He's really showing that he, and I think he's going to have a play with a chip on his shoulder this year. Whatever team sign him, he's going to show that he still wants to prove that he has something left in the tank. He's only 30 years young, still plenty of career for him to go, and it's definitely going to be the second half of his career. I think it was a wake-up call for him of, my job isn't safe. You know, I'm not that, I got to get back to that MVP that I was in 2015. Does he still have those years in him? That remains to be seen, but at 30 years old, there's still plenty of time for him to prove that he's capable of doing that. Just got to hope he stays healthy and can get the job done. Superman, Cam Newton, the number one free agent on the market right now. And the second biggest one, I'm going to stay with the quarterback, and uh, and Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, a famous Jameis, has got to be the the second biggest free agent, just because the quarterback's the most important position on the field. And we all know what Jameis did last year. You know, he threw for over 5,000 yards, uh, which I believe was second in the league 
actually first. He led the league in passing yards, so tip your cap to that. And he was second in passing touchdowns with 33, but we all know he was part of that, had a 30-for-30 season where he threw 33 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. I think he believes in his arm a little too much, tries to throw it into places that he shouldn't. But I also watched a bunch of games where, you know, it would be off the receiver's hands and then unfortunately bounce into a cornerback or safety's hands and you know that's that goes against him that doesn't go it's not a drop it's an interception against Jameis so not all of them can blame be blamed on him but uh you know he's got to figure out those turnovers and accuracy issues uh moving forward and I'm sure whatever team is gonna understand that's the situation you know they gotta reel that in bring it back you know Bruce Arians likes to air it out there in Tampa Bay and Jameis was the kind of quarterback to do that but with his inaccuracy and his consistency you know it's tough but he's another guy who's getting after it this year um he's got something to prove and you know he said the only person who could replace me was the greatest quarterback ever so he looks at it as a positive and you know that's the way you got to take it when you're no longer when you're on the open market but you got to think a quarterback who leads the league in passing and is second in touchdowns has got to draw some interest It's really just going to be interesting to see how this draft um, plays out and who picks up a quarterback and then who's still in need of one and who's willing to bring in a quarterback like Cam or Jameis for a little quarterback competition. Uh, Last year, he had a salary of $20.9 million. Uh, He probably is going to get a little less than that on the open market, I would think. Uh, just because of the situation that he's in right now, it's it's just going to be very interesting to see where he ha- ends up. People keep saying that for both of them, the big places are with the Chargers and Jacksonville. Uh, I would think Jameis would stay in Florida and play for Jacksonville because Gardner Minshew is, I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. I think he's a nice little story, but Jameis is way better than him in my opinion. And for the Chargers... You know that both of them have high draft picks, so it's likely the Chargers are going to pick a quarterback in the draft. Joe Burrow right now is slated to go number one, but Justin Herbert, Tua right behind him. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who they draft and who's willing to go where. And the Chargers still have Tyrod Taylor too, so to bring Cam in, it would be a very interesting dynamic. But Jameis is definitely the second biggest free agent on the market right now. It's going to be great to see where he ends up because I still think he can you know, definitely can still compete in this league and definitely still be a starter in this league and definitely can show he can belong. And once again, I think this is just going to add fuel to the fire for him and he's going to be out to show something. So whatever team signs him, I think will benefit them depending on the team that he goes to, depending on the team that he goes to, because coaching and offense and offensive coordinators and offensive schemes matter a lot when it comes to coaching, when it comes to playing these guys. So uh, those are the two top guys, in my opinion. But now we get off the quarterback position. The You could debate this guy should be maybe the number one available free agent right now. And Javion Clowney, defensive end, played for the, the, the Seahawks, was with the Texans. We all know him. He's got, you know, a, he's a beast, absolute monster. You can just go look at the highlights. Last year, three sacks, four full. Forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, one for a touchdown, 31 tackles, seven for loss. He made $16 million last year. I've heard the demands from his camp right now are 20, over $20 million, but you would think he'd want to bring that down if he's able to play for a contender in this hard salary cap league that is the NFL. Uh, he did great with Seattle. 
you know, he was a force on defense. Absolute force. The three, the three sacks don't tell you. Of, he pressures the quarterback. He, he just puts so much pressure on guys at the defensive end position. It's actually a little surprising right now to still see him on the open market. You know, I would think Seattle would do everything in their power to try and re-sign him, but that's what happens when you have high demands in a salary cap league. This isn't the NBA where you can just sign guys to ridiculous money or Major League Baseball where you can just throw out whatever money. you got to be smart with your money and you got to be resourceful. But at 27 years old, the things that he's done on the football field, he's an absolute monster. Absolute monster. I feel he's got to get picked up in the next couple days. Within the next two weeks, there's no way he could go the entire draft week, this entire week come that we're living in right now. There's no way he could keep going and not be signed at some point. He, he's too good. He's too dominant on the field, too much of a force on the defensive end. So, someone's got to take a chance. Someone absolutely has to take a chance on him. And it's not like they're taking a big chance. You know, the guy has shown that he could stay on the field. He could stay healthy. He can be productive. It, frankly, it's just a matter of time before Clowney gets signed. Uh, I would think it's just in a matter of a couple of days. But we'll see. We will see. But it, whoever gets him is getting a time. I would imagine he is going to re-sign with Seattle. I don't know how you could let him go. You know, Seattle already has enough disadvantages by... You know, Russell Wilson carries that team offensively. You know, they need help. And they're in a tough division. 49ers just went to the Super Bowl. Cardinals are just getting better. You know, Rams are trying to figure it out, but they were just in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. It's, you know, it's a tough division. You got to stay, you got to keep yourself in contention in that division, and you don't want to fall off a cliff. I don't think Seattle will. I think they will re-sign them. They should re-sign them, but that remains to be seen. So, you could debate Clowney should be the number one free agent on the market. He's on a lot of people's, you know, boards and everything like that he is, but he'll he'll get signed. It's only a matter of time. Only a matter of time. The fourth biggest uh, remaining free agent, in my opinion, has got to be Logan Ryan, the cornerback. He's only 29 years old, you know, former. He was with the Patriots, you know. It, it was just... He was one of the most productive NF, uh, cornerbacks in the NFL last year. You know, 113 tackles, 4.5 sacks, four interceptions, four full forced fumbles. Uh, what what don't you like about him? What don't you like about this guy? He can cover. He can cover everywhere. He's a veteran. He, he can guard the slot. He can play on the outside. He he makes big plays, as you can see by the 4.5 sacks, four interceptions, four forced fumbles. You know the guy. The guy makes plays. The guy makes things happen. He's an absolute for sure starter. I don't know how he hasn't been picked up already. But I think because the reason it's slowed down so much, we're so close to the draft. It just depends on where pieces are going to fall into play. But Logan Ryan, it's just really, it's just a matter of time for this guy. He's way too talented to to not get a chance with another team. Just way too talented. Uh just you scratch your head with how some of these guys are still on the market, but he's one of them, and it's only a matter of time for him. Only a matter of time. So look out, Logan Ryan. I, I would say a contender who needs cornerback secondary. Looking at you, Eagles, yeah, um, Logan Ryan. He's available. Someone go get him. Someone make it happen. And fifth, you know we're gonna go with a less you know exciting position, but. Probably the, one of the most important positions, uh, offensive tackle, Jason Peters. You know, I know he's 38 years old. 
he's had a lot of injuries. You know, he hasn't been on the field a lot the past couple of years, but I still think he can be very productive. Um, you know, he's played over 85% of offensive snaps just once since 2014. You know, that that is tough. He had 10 penalties last year. You know, that mm, not great, but come on. The guy has been an all-pro twice, nine pro bowls in his career. He can still be an all-around strong blocker. It just, yeah, there's a little regression because he's 38, but he can still get the job done at a high level without question. Why the Eagles let him go, you know, because of the injuries, I understand that, but change of scenery, something to prove. Definitely a guy worth signing, especially if you need offensive line help. You know, looking at you, Browns, you know, He's a guy you have to go get. I don't, I don't, just another guy. I'm just shocked. I'm just shocked that he hasn't been picked up. I understand the injuries and all of that. You know, it affected last year a little bit. But he played in 13 games. He only allowed three sacks. He's affordable. It just, someone signed this man. Those are the five biggest guys. I'll run it down again. Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Javion Clowney, Logan Ryan, Jason Peters. Those, I think, are the five biggest remaining free agents right now. And it's only a matter of time. With the draft being so close, it's, it's just a matter of time before these guys get the deals that they want. And can't wait to see where they end up. It's going to be really interesting to see where Cam and Jameis and Clowney, Logan Ryan, all these guys. It's just going to be great to see where they end up because they're going to improve teams by far. And contenders, if, if you think you can contend, those, I think those guys can be game changers for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Move on. Second thing I want to talk about, since I live in the Sunshine State, that is Florida, I got to talk about it. Florida declares that, well, first, they declared that WWE was essential. Last week, Governor Ron DeSantis signed an executive order adding professional sports and media production with a national audience to the list of essential services allowed to resume operation during the state's shelter-in-place order. And that's just, it's very interesting to hear him say that because that kind of opens the door for a lot of things that if they can make sure that these athletes are in safe environments, that there's no worry that they're going to get sick and that they're getting properly tested and being abiding by the guidelines that we could see professional sports being played here in Florida. Obviously, we won't be able to attend the games, but we'll be able to enjoy it from our couches as we sit in lockdown and are under these shelter in place and stay at home orders. Uh, the WOWE, they have production in Orlando, which where I just happened to move to. Uh, it was announced they could resume live shows immediately. And uh, just yesterday, they aired the first live episode of their weekly series, Raw, after, you know, pre-taping it, of course. And it's just, they're already doing the shows. And people are saying, oh, this is outrageous. How could they keep doing that? How can they be protecting people? First of all, no fans are there. You know, and production crews, can they don't have to be on top of each other. They can keep their distance from each other. As long as the athletes are getting tested and making sure that they're corona-free, I don't think there's anything to worry about. I don't think there's a situation with it. I know DeSantos is getting a lot of, lot of flack because, you know, he's an ally of Donald Trump and people really don't like Donald Trump at all. It's 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 baffling times that we're living in. Just really baffling times, and people are all over it. People are all over this, and I, you know, is it safe? That remains to be seen. But as long as you know people are keeping their distance, the athletes are healthy, 
I don't see why it can't work. They're not allowing fans to these. They're going to be playing. WWE was shot with no fans there. They're just doing it. They're just doing it in the ring, making it happen for the TV audience at home for our enjoyment. I haven't watched the WWE in years, but this is for all sports. This is for all sports. Other leagues haven't publicly announced a return to Florida, though it could happen very soon. I am going to get to the topic of what Major League Baseball is considering doing of playing games in Florida and Arizona. That's a topic that I'll get to very soon, I promise. But I think it's just a matter of time before sports get started back up. And if the UFC, I know they've been wanting to do their fights and finding a place to do it. Florida's kind of opened the door to let them be like, hey, if as long as it's safe, athletes are healthy, you know, you can make it happen. You can do it because it's essential, according to the governor, according to the governor. So, you know, uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I just think at some point life has to get back to normalcy. I understand people are concerned about, you know, the, the spread of the virus and all of that. But, you know, for these media to people associated with these teams, management, all of that, media personnel, just people can keep their distance. People can still abide that six feet thing. And as long as the athletes are staying healthy, it can be okay. It's going to be okay, people. We're going to get through this. I promise this pandemic will eventually end. And I think, you know, any, any hope is hope. And at this point, that's just what I'm seeing this as, as with Florida declaring that sports are essential and a, a part of what we do here in Florida and the things that go on here is, you know, you could say it is essential. It's essential to the economy, as Dos Santos put it. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play out and what's going to happen here moving forward, because there's not a whole lot going on. There really isn't. And it's 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 just slow and it's, you know, becoming boring and I understand we want people to be healthy, but eventually life has to get back to normalcy. And even if there is no vaccine, the virus wouldn't go away with the vaccine. We still have a flu vaccine, and yet the flu kills millions of people each year. Thousands of people, maybe millions of stretch, but life has to get back to normalcy at some point. And there's a glimmer of hope of normalcy with him declaring that sports are essential. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see how they play out. I'm sure the medical experts are going to have a field day with what I just said, but I'm not a medical expert. You know, I'm not coughing. I'm not sick. But yet I still have to stay at home and abide by all these orders. And it sucks. And it's boring. But for the health and safety of the people. But moving on, topic number three, the Bulls. This was announced yesterday. Bulls have fired longtime general manager Gar Forum. Uh, they, the team announced that Monday after 22 years with the Chicago Bulls, Gar Forum was relieved of his duties as general manager and will not be involved in basketball operations department. And that was a statement directly from the team. A little background on Forum. He joined the Bulls as a scout in 1988. Six years later, he was named director of player personnel. And in 2009, he ascended to general manager. Over the 10 seasons, Forum was gen, uh, the GM. The Bulls made the playoffs seven times. So he's shown that he's capable. Showed that he can for sure uh, put a roster together and uh, bring in personnel and keep the team afloat. It's just, it's been rocky for the Bulls. They've just been awful the past few years, and I think it's time to make a change. And they did just that. They did bring in a new executive vice president of basketball operations. I'm going to butcher this guy's name right now. Arteris Karenas. 
not even close. Not even close. But they brought in this guy. He played for the Bulls. Um, you know, it, it just he replaces John Paxson, uh, who took the role in 2009 after spending six years as the Bulls GM. Uh, it's just this is what the Bulls need to do. They need to turn the page. They need to move on. They need to get away from the the old people who are running the show and to bring in new fresh minds to rejuvenate this organization because besides Michael Jordan winning the six championships and the few years with Derrick Rose and Thibodeau being there they, they haven't really been relevant in any way they just haven't been so I think it's time to turn a new leaf I don't know what to expect at this point it remains to be seen if they can put the pieces together and make it happen I don't know what this new guy's track record is. I don't know what they're doing, but they need to bring in new minds, fresh faces to rejuvenate this organization that is beloved by many and is one of the most iconic logos in sports, that little Benny Bull, that Chicago Bulls logo. When you hear the theme song, you just I get chills every time. It gets me excited every time hearing that intro music that they play for their starting lineups. It's just... It just you talk about hype music that's it right there and the bulls need some hype and i think i think this will help i think it'll help you know it turns a new leaf they got a lot of young faces in levine arkinen chris Dunn. yeah it's just it, it was time it was time to make a change it's time to make a change time to get better for the bulls make it happen chicago do something do something get better make it happen for yourselves Stop living in mediocrity and not being good. Try to change the game. Get better. Get better. That's what it's all about. So, Bulls, moving on. Fired their GM. That was announced yesterday. Anyways, moving on. Some, you know, sad news. It was supposed to be today that the Chinese Basketball Association was supposed to start back up this week. And now there is a setback in their efforts to resume play in the wake of this coronavirus pandemic. Uh, Sources told ESPN the league officials met overnight to discuss the fate of its season, which has been held since January 24th and elected to postpone its schedule again, this time until at least July. So they will not be playing basketball in China until at least July. They were supposed to start up this week. Very unfortunate that they're not starting back up, but I understand they're worried about the health and well-being of people. Uh, I mean, they're not going to be playing games with fans at the arena, I would assume. So, you know, I guess they're looking out for the best interests of the athletes, the media personnel that cover it, and all the people who work within the various organizations. It's, uh, you know, it's just, it's crazy times that we're living in. And it's, you know, unfortunate that it just, everything just keeps getting pushed back. But I guess it's understandable because, you know, we got to keep people safe, got to keep people healthy. Uh, you know, it just it just sucks. You know, no final decision of the CBA season can be made without the government clearance, uh, which won't happen until at least mid-May at the earliest. Uh, the possibility of canceling the remainder of the season is still in play. And this is just the Chinese Basketball Association. I know the NBA has, it's just been daunting of what the NBA has been trying to do and how they've been trying to get around this. And uh, I'm going to get into that at, at another episode of talking about what the NBA plans on doing during this whole coronavirus, but this was just announced today. Um, according to the Chinese media outlet, Exana CBA CEO Wang Dowie will take a 35% pay cut and other executives will reduce their salaries to help ease financial pressure. 
So, you know, they just got to do what you got to do to keep afloat. That's what they're doing. And, uh, you know, I guess they're being better safe than sorry and not starting it back up till at least July. So no basketball in China for the month of April, May, June, and possibly all the way into July. And you never know what could happen. Maybe even past that. Maybe even past that. Because at this point, at this point, you don't know. And it's not even their call. It's really the government's decision. And that that's what it is here. It's really the government's decision and what they decide to do moving forward. And it's just, it's just crazy times. Just absolutely absurd times that we are living in. And I'm over it. I'm over it, but I understand it. But it's just, it's getting tiresome and boring. And, you know, we're... We're living in just, it's going to go down as history as one of the most ridiculous times on the face of the earth. 2020, it's been, it's been a tough one. It has been brutal, but we keep moving forward. We keep plugging away. Some more disappointing news that I got to get to. Topic number five, it's a NASCAR driver. And I know I don't talk about NASCAR. I'm not even a big NASCAR fan. NASCAR races are fun to go to. All you got to do is be in the pit. You got to be in the pit area. You got to be in the middle. Forget the grandstand. You got to be in the middle regardless. Kyle Larson, he said a racial slur over some kind of eye racing thing. I, I saw some video. He said a racial slur. He said the N-word. Just, God, you got to have some sense. You got to have some sense. But anyway, he says this racial slur. And uh, he was fired today. Fired by uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, um, completing a stunning downfall for the building NASCAR star who uttered a racial slur during a live stream virtual race and then watched as nearly every one of his sponsors dropped him. And, uh, you know, the 27-year-old Larson is seventh in the cup in seventh in the cup season and is considered the top free agent in NASCAR just three days ago and is now out of a job and, um, you know, probably, uh, you know, stumbled his whole career at this point. You know, it was... You know how, how can you how can you overcome this, especially in this PC era that we live? If you say anything like this, you're done. You're absolutely cut. You know it. It makes sense why they cut ties with him. You know you can't be saying stuff like that. And you know probably the dumbest thing you could possibly say at a time like this. Possibly one of the stupidest things you could possibly do. You know I I watched his apology too. It seems sincere. It seems sincere. Definitely a sincere apology. You could see here he was remorseful. You could see he was really bummed out about the situation and what he said. And, you know, he sounded empathetic to me. So I'm going to take him at his word that he is sorry for what he said. But, you know, you, you pay the consequences for the things that you do. And he's surely learning just that. And a little quote from uh, Gassani. After much consideration, Chip Gassani Racing has determined that it will end its relationship with driver Kyle Larson. As we said before, the comments that Kyle made were both offensive and unacceptable, especially given the values of our organization. As we continue to elevate this, evaluate the situation with all the relevant parties, it became obvious that this was only this was the only appropriate course of action to take, and it was, and it absolutely was. Apparently, Larson was competing in an eye racing event Sunday night when he appeared to lose communication with his spotter on his headset. During a check of his microphone, Larson said, you can't hear me, and that followed by the N-word. Just, mm, 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 mm. At least he said no excuses. At least he, you know, he admitted his mistake, admitted he was wrong. You know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he's at least sorry, but, you know, mm, tough break. You're going to get through it, bud. You know, just 
you gotta be smarter. You just absolutely have to be smarter than that. And just, you gotta have your head on a swivel. Don't be an idiot, people. Watch what you think before you talk. Think before you speak. I always live by a sticker that I saw, actually a magnet that I saw in Seinfeld. It sits on Seinfeld's sticker in the show, Jerry Seinfeld's apartment. It says, think, think again. What do you think? That's all you got to do. Just think of, think before you talk. There's my advice to you, Larson. Think. Just say, and that goes for everyone out there. All of you think before you speak. It, you know, it could save your career. And for him, <laughs> he was going to make eight figures. And now he's out of a job. So, Tough break. Ah, well, those are the five topics that I had for today. Now we get to... I didn't have an unpopular opinion in my last episode, but I got an unpopular opinion today. And uh, I was arguing with some people in the old Instagram comments because that's a, you know a fun place to spend time in during this corona pandemic. And, you know, upset a few people. And I saw... Something in the news that, you know, Dak Prescott, you know, threw a birthday party with Zeke and 30 people were there. The Cowboys talked to him. It's just, oh, you can't have large gatherings, the CDC. You know, I can only imagine what that was. And that got me thinking, wow, Dak's not too bright to be doing something like that, considering the superstar athlete that he is. Just, what are you thinking? You got to be smart. Think, people. Think. But that gets me to my unpopular opinion in which I do not believe that Dak Prescott is a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. And I got the you know I just I got the names to prove it. I just I don't think he's top 15. I really don't. It, last year I know coaching coaching goes a lot into winning games in the NFL. It really does. It really makes a big factor on what happens on the field, off the field, but Cowboys have all the personnel in the world to win games. Dak's allowed to make audibles at the line of scrimmage. Dak's allowed to do things out there and make calls. He has Zeke, one of the best running backs in the league. You could debate he's the best. He has the best offensive line in the league. He's got a good defense. There's no excuse. There is absolutely no excuse for the Cowboys not winning that division against an injury-ridden Eagles team that shouldn't have made the playoffs. With all the people that they lost, all the injuries that they had, the wide receivers that they had, there is no way the Cowboys should have lost to the Eagles that division. And they did. They didn't win that division. It's just absolutely insane how they didn't. And I blame Dak. And it rests on Dak's shoulders. He is the quarterback. You got to get it done. But that goes back. Dak is not a top 15 quarterback. I'm just going to name a couple names for you guys to really put this in perspective. So we'll just go right down the list. I got Patrick Mahomes. I got Lamar Jackson. I got Tom Brady. I got Drew Brees. I got Aaron Rodgers. I got Russell Wilson. I got Deshaun Watson. Jimmy Garoppolo. Carson Wentz. Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Matt Stafford, Cam Newton. Those are just 15 names right there. Okay, you could debate me on a few of those guys. Tannehill, he just had a little success last year, made it to the AFC Championship game. Okay, I get it. Stafford, he's been hurt, hasn't really had all that much success in Detroit. But, hey, how do you have success in Detroit in anything? So, And then Cam Newton, he doesn't even have a job. Okay, I get it. I understand that. I can name a few more quarterbacks for you. What about Jared Goff? You know, he was just in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. 
You know, he's the franchise quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams. You could debate he's better than Dak. You could debate Derek Carr with the Raiders is better than Dak Prescott. At this point, you could debate Phillip Rivers, now the new quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, that he is better than Dak. How many more names do I need? You could debate Teddy Bridgewater at this point. He went 6-0 last year. He had just two less losses than the Cowboys did. And he only played in six games. Yeah, you could say, oh, yeah, Saints were better. Mm, Personnel-wise, I don't know about that. Cowboys have a great team. They couldn't beat any good teams. They only beat bad teams. And a lot of Dak's numbers, yeah, his numbers were good. 65% completion. Just 4,900 yards. 30 touchdowns. One interception. Those are pretty good numbers. But then when you look at when he gets those numbers... He gets them against bad teams. He gets them in garbage time when they're down big and he's got a lot of pressure to do things and he's got to make some things happen. It's just, he can't get the job done against winning teams. I, I just, how many winning teams did they beat last year? I think they beat, the, they beat the Eagles and then I think they beat one other team with a winning record. All they beat was bad losing record teams. And that's not even playing a first place schedule. That's playing an average schedule of where you should win 10 games. And he couldn't even do that. They went 8-8, eight, eight and eight, mediocre, 500 as always, and Dak wants to be the highest paid quarterback in the league. Uh, I mean, you could just keep naming guys. Just keep naming them. It just... Uh, uh, let me just go over the list again. I got Mahomes, Jackson, Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, Wilson, Watson, Garoppolo, Wentz, Roethlisberger, Ryan, Cousins, Tannehill, Stafford, Newton, Goff, Carr, Rivers. You could even debate Jameis Winston. I just I just don't understand with this infatuation with Dak Prescott. Yeah, he has some records as a rookie quarterback, but he's won one playoff game. He's won one playoff game. 64 career games. One playoff game. I think he has a win. He's got one playoff game win. Good for him. Good for him. He's won one playoff game. Tannehill did that in one playoff run, and he won two games. And was a game away from going to the Super Bowl. I just I just can't get over how obsessed these Cowboy fans are with Dak Prescott. I just really don't get it. Really don't. Just really don't understand that how people could just love Dak Prescott this much. He's not a top 15 quarterback. There's no way. There's absolutely no way he is top 15. I just named 19 guys you could debate are better than Dak. And you want him to be the highest paid quarterback in the league? Oh, no. Oh, absolutely not. Ugh. Ugh. And even if... Okay, you can take away a couple of the names that I said. Even if you take away like two or three names, he's still not top 15. And even then... He might be the 15th best. That's not good. That's not great. But he, oh, he's your franchise quarterback. You got to pay him. You got to pay him. Mm, I don't know about that. That's why, you know, good for Jerry Jones. Throwing the franchise tag on him. Having another prove it year. You know, that's something that he deserves. Because he hasn't shown that he can be a franchise quarterback. He hasn't shown that he can be a top 10 quarterback in this league. He just hasn't. Not in my opinion. I just don't see it. I really don't. I think Dak is vastly overrated for what people do, for what people give him. He's just not that great. He really isn't. 
and that's my unpopular opinion. Dak Prescott, not a top 15 quarterback. And that's going to wrap up the episode here today, folks. Thanks for listening. Episode 7. Going to keep coming out with more of them as we continue this pandemic. Uh, thanks for listening. Until next time, peace, deuces, I'm out. Remember, stay healthy and wash your damn hands.